politicians are notorious for promising everything and then doing nothing. When a, when a politician opens his or her mouth, says, when I'm elected, I'm going to cut spending, fight for you, the little guy, and work for you. Right? Isn't that your reaction? Rolling your eyes like, uh-huh. There are a few exceptions to this. And uh, the guest today is a congressman who has a solution. He wrote a book about it. His idea is for politicians. Now, I know this sounds crazy to do what they said they would do. That's the name of the book. And today we discuss how to spot a political faker, what they actually do in Washington, D.C., the um, future of the Republican Party and what what is it they need to say they're going to do. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Podcast, Congressman Jim Jordan. I have a hard time putting my arms around this. Abortion is the leading cause of death in the U.S. and around the world. It, it is, uh, I think heart disease is number one, and abortion is number two. It, it's insane. Cancer is three. Since Roe versus Wade, over 62 million babies have been aborted in the U.S. alone. Nearly one in four pregnancies end in an abortion. I want to talk to you about Preborn. This is a company that we have partnered with. It's more of a ministry than a, part, uh, than a, uh, a company, but we've partnered with them to help rescue 10,000 babies this year. And we really need your help. Preborn is a direct competition to Planned Parenthood. It's the largest provider of free ultrasounds in the U.S. And here's the deal. By letting a woman see her baby on an ultrasound and hear the heartbeat, you bring the chances of her choosing life for her baby up to a staggering 80%. Preborn partners with clinics in the highest abortion rate cities and regions. They have the passion of saving babies and saving women. Over the past 15 years, they've counseled over 340,000 women who are considering abortion. More than 169,000 babies have been saved. And over 51,000 women have surrendered their lives to Christ. Please, let's stop this madness. Help us rescue 10,000 babies. Donate at dial. Uh, sorry, donate by dialing pound 250. How would you do that? Uh, say the keyword baby. I don't think we use the word dial anymore, do we? Pound 250, keyword baby, or go to preborn.com slash Glenn. Now, through a match, your gift is doubled, saving twice as many babies' lives. <laughs> Jim, welcome. How are you? Hey, Glenn. I'm doing fine. Good to be with you. I want to start with Chapter 7 because it is something I have said for 10 years and nobody in Washington seems to pay attention to it. Chapter 7, when is someone going to jail? (laughs) Yeah. I think I think I've shared with you before, Glenn. Uh, I've had it was that's like one of the number one questions I get, and I, I always remember this this occasion. I think it was the Tulsa airport, but I can't remember for sure what airport it was. But I literally walk out of the restroom, and there was a guy like just looking at me, big old guy with a cowboy hat, just kind of staring me down. And I'm thinking, I don't know if this guy's a friend or foe here. And so I kind of kind of walk over toward him. He starts moving to me. And when he gets close, he doesn't say hi, doesn't say anything. He just looks at me with his finger and says, when is someone going to jail? And it's because it, it resonates with the American people 
we get fairness and we understand when there's one set of rules for the for the elite, the the, the, the fancy people here in D.C., and a different set for all us regular folk, that's not how it's supposed to work. So whether it's Lois Lerner, whether it's Amy McCabe, whether it's Jim Comey, whether it's Hillary Clinton, people are fed up with it. And it, um, yeah, it's, it's one of the questions I, uh, I think is, is key. And I write a lot about that in the book, particularly some of the big investigations like the IRS, the Benghazi investigation, and of course so the Trump-Russia can investigation. We go, can we go into that? Because you do go into it in the book. And I would like to know your answers, because there are, I mean, for instance, you're instrumental in exposing Merrick Garland and this uh, National School Board incident. Yeah. That seems pretty clear. Now, I haven't seen all the evidence of it, so, I mean, it, it needs to process through. But there's a lot of things. Hunter Biden's laptop, uh, um, Hunter, Hunter Biden's art, you know, yeah. plus everything that happened in the last administration. Why isn't this ever pursued? Why? Never. Yeah, it's... I know. And it is frustrating for me. But think about the, you know, the American people. Um, I mean, in the end, it's because the, the Justice Department doesn't prosecute them. I mean, they can they can go after anyone associated with Trump. They can they can take uh, uh, Mr. O'Keefe's uh, phone and hold him, uh, you know, interrogate him at his apartment. They can go after Roger Stone at five in the morning. They can do all the things they do. But it never seems like people who kind of come from the left ever get held to account. So the, the short answer is, we got to have a Justice Department that's willing to prosecute people who do wrong. Now, maybe there's still a little hope with the Durham investigation because, you know, there has been indictments on Mr. Zussman and Mr. Danchenko. So we'll see how that all shakes out. But um, all we can do in Congress is draw attention to the truth, have the hearings, do the investigations, do the oversight, get the get the information to the American people. But in the end, you got to have an attorney general who's willing to prosecute um, and willing to hold these people accountable. And so far, we really haven't seen that. We're, we're never going to get anywhere unless we, I mean, I, I, I remember in 2016, I talked to a lot of people who voted for Donald Trump, and I was not at the time for Donald Trump. And one of the reasons was I kept hearing this from people who supported him. We just need to burn the whole system down. And I'm like, no, that's a really bad idea. Don't burn yeah. the system yeah. down. We just need to clean out things. But I'm beginning to believe that, I mean, I hate to use this phrase, without a great reset, you know, can can you unplug it and plug it back in? That reset back to its factory settings, I don't know how we're going to ever end this. It seems endemic everywhere. Yeah. One is you don't you don't fund it as much. That's that's certainly something we're going to have to do. I think we're going to win back the House and Senate uh, next November. Second is when President Trump runs and when he wins in 2024 and takes office in January of 25. I think you have to fire anybody and everybody you're permitted to and frankly, probably fire some people you aren't and make them sue you in court to, to get their job back. I mean, you have to do that kind of cleansing of all the decision makers at the top of the bureaucracy. So, for example, I always point out, when did Dr. Fauci ever put his name on a ballot? When did he ever run for office? Mm-hmm. Yet he seems to be the most powerful guy in the government today, and he's in the bureaucracy. He's never once had to go out and campaign and talk to we the people and get elected to high office. So that has to happen. Um, and again, you got in a new administration, you're going to have to have an attorney general who's willing to hold people accountable, willing to indict people who did wrong, like Lois Lerner, who set up the whole system and systematically targeted 
people, uh, you know, people who will who follow your podcast, listen to your shows. Yeah. Um, good people all across this country are going to have to go after people in the Garland Justice Department who are targeting moms and dads. And I, I think we talked about this earlier, Glenn. Um, I actually don't think the thing started the school board situation. I don't think that started with the letter from the school board. I actually think it went the other direction. I just think the letter from the school board was the excuse for the Garland administration, uh, Justice Department, the, the Biden administration, the excuse and the pretext oh. they wanted to go after parents. And oh, much I like agree. the dossier was the excuse Comey needed to go spy on the Trump. He wanted to spy on the Trump campaign. He needed some pretext to do it. Oh, Shazam, here's a dossier that we know is garbage. We'll use that as the pretext to get the FISA warrant to go spy on the Trump campaign. I think the same thing happened here, which is even more frightening, frankly. And it's why I'm solely focused on that issue right now in the, in the Judiciary Committee. You know, I've, I've always, the last thing that I thought could be co-opted was the military. And I watched these institutions that I believed in fall one by one into corruption. Yeah. Um, and now the military, I mean, I, I was really disheartened with Benghazi because um, yep. I know what the military, the military could have flown jets very low, full afterburners and blown the windows out of everything and scared those people half to death and they would have gone, they would have run. Um, and we yep. didn't. We had no intention. And something wrong was happening in Benghazi. Uh, I think yeah. I know what it was. But I mean, um, how dead are we in the Pentagon now? Yeah, it's funny you bring that up because I write about that in the book as well. Uh, when Tyrone Woods was still on the annex fighting for his life, defending his fellow citizens, we had yet to send anything to really anything. help him. Anything. I, I mean, that, and that's this is hours of fighting. I mean, it, it's unbelievable what those guys did and those those four Americans who gave their life for our country. And you're right. You, you look now. Um, this is why it's so important that Americans step up. And, and there are some encouraging signs. We saw what happened in Virginia. We saw yeah. 12 jurors in Kenosha. Yeah. Follow the facts, follow the truth, follow due process. So I always say courage is contagious. And a few moms and dads stand up and speak out for their kids and things start to roll. And the next thing you know, Glenn Youngkin's going to be the next governor of Virginia. So we, we got to do that. But but we're up against a it's a big fight because the left, as you rightly point out, the left controls almost everything. The left controls big government. The left controls big tech. The left controls big corporations. The left controls big media. The left controls big sports. Look at the NBA. I mean, the left controls the, the, the bureaucracy. They control the House. They control the Senate. They control the White House. But they still don't control we the people. And when we the people get together, stand up for the truth and do it in a compelling way, we can still win. And, and again, we just saw it a month ago in Virginia. We just saw it a few weeks ago in Kenosha. I think that's going to build. I do, too. Uh, and it has to, frankly, if we're going to save the country. So um, I think you're right. I think that is going to build. I think that th there are tons of good signs. I, I, you know, over the summer, I had almost no faith that we could turn this around. Um, because yeah. I wasn't seeing the American people standing up. I think they're going to stand up and I think they're going to, I mean, they know who's responsible for the gas prices. Um, they know who's responsible for inflation. Um, you know, they know who's responsible for meat prices and yep. all of these things did not have to happen. You know, they know who is responsible for Afghanistan. It's not a mystery. 
They also yeah. don't believe the press anymore. But here's the challenge. Yeah. And I think this is this is the point of your book. Are the Republican? I don't even know what the Republicans stand for. I don't know what you know. It's amazing that we might be getting the overturn of Roe versus Wade, something I never thought was possible with the Republicans out of control of the House, the Senate, and the White House. Because they always said, yep. give us those three things and all oh, magic happens. Well, you lost all of those things and magic's yeah. happening. Yeah. Well, that's because the founders in their wisdom set up this federal system. So states can push back too. So we got to do our job when we get back in power in, in, in November and we take back the House and the next Congress. Um, but states, and you're seeing it, you're seeing what, what Georgia did with their election law. You're seeing what, what Texas is, is, did with their election law and, and how they're cleaning it up with, with what Mississippi did with this pro-life legislation. So that is a good sign. And frankly, I, I spoke with um, Governor DeSantis a few weeks ago, and it was interesting because he said when he ran and won in 2018, there were, I think, 300,000 more registered Democrats in the state of Florida than, than uh, Republicans. Today, it's even or slightly in favor of Republicans. And it's not simply because some people are switching parties or independents are now registering. There's some of that. But it's mostly because people are moving with their feet. They're saying, I'm going to where freedom exists. I'm gonna, I want to mm -hmm. move to freedom, and they're moving in. So this, this concept of, 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 of 50 states... I think it was a, uh, uh, Governor DeSantis got a question at a press conference recently, and one of the reporters asked him, um, if a local community wants to do something different on vaccine mandates than what you want, or they want to have some local control, you, you know, you're a conservative, you're a Republican, why aren't you for local control? And the governor said, because it's not the United Counties of America, it's the United States of America. Mm -hmm. and, it's, and it's a compelling point. And, and we're seeing that play out. So that, that is happening. If we get back in power, though, we're going to have to do our job here in Congress. We're going to have to fight. We're going to have to take on the DOJ. We're going to have to do the oversight investigations that need to happen with Fauci and China and gain of function with Hunter Biden, with what the DOJ is doing to parents and on and on. That's going to be a critical do, function when we're in control of Congress and Joe Biden is still in the White House. Do you think the GOP gets it? Because I think the Freedom Caucus does, you know, but then, you know, I don't even know why. Uh, Dan Crenshaw says, oh, Freedom Cox, we've got a lot of these people who are grifters. Really? Really? Because uh, pot may be calling the kettle black here. <clears throat> the Freedom Caucus seems to be the only one standing up for the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, which all of our problems stem from the ignoring of those things. Yeah. Um, do the Republicans get it? Or are we going to just have more of the same bullcrap? Um in the House and the Senate from McCarthy and uh, I, I McConnell. I think uh, I think Leader McCarthy has done a good job of keeping us together. I'll, I'll go back to um, the first impeachment. The conventional wisdom was that every Democrat was going to vote to impeach President Trump and some Republicans would join in that effort uh, in the House of Representatives. When it all came down to the vote, it was actually just the opposite. Every Republican voted not to because it was ridiculous what they tried to do to the president. Uh, and we had three Democrats join us and one Democrat switch parties. And so I, I feel like we have we have come together. But that's not we, McCarthy. That, that was a, <laughs> that was honest people looking at that going. This is ridiculous. Was that McCarthy well, that did it was, that? It was ridiculous. But I think he made some some good moves. And as and as and more than any leader, certainly I, mean, I, I talk about this in the book. Uh, 
John Boehner never worked with the Freedom Caucus. Yeah. Uh, Paul Ryan didn't. But Kevin McCarthy understands we had better come together if we're going to deal with the Democrats and what they want to do to the country. And I, I tell my I tell my colleagues, both Freedom Caucus and folks who aren't, I said any differences that the Freedom Caucus may have with other members of our conference pale, pale in comparison to differences between us and the Democrats of today. They don't, the Democrats of today, they don't like America. They want to fundamentally change America, and they have got us on this accelerated march to communism. That We have to come together to stop that if we're going to save the country. And the scariest thing of all is what you just mentioned, what they're doing to the First Amendment. It used to be that the left actually cherished the First Amendment as much as you and I mm-hmm. do, but not today. They say, oh, oh, if you don't agree with me, you're not allowed to speak, Glenn. And if you try, we're going to call you a racist and we're going to try to cancel you. That is scary, but that's who they are. So we had better come together as a party to stop what they're trying to do to the Bill of Rights and specifically to the First Amendment. Those of us in talk radio and uh, online now, they chased us out of mainstream you know, corporate media. Fine. So we start our yep. own thing. And now they're trying to, to chase us out of yep. this. The yep. FCC, it's only a matter of time before they 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 come after talk radio. Um, I mean, Jim, it, it is. Do do the members of the GOP, I'm not talking Freedom Caucus. I was there for the Tea Party and the GOP yep. gave it lip were. service. OK, yep. they didn't believe in that. I think they hate the people that vote for them in many cases. They just they don't they don't like them. They're not at the cocktail parties. They're not the pretty people. And and so they'll just say what they have to say. If you we are so close. I talk to all of the people in my industry. We are so close. We are the last line of defense. And every day they shut us down on another topic. Yep. Yeah. What's the no, what's the right. help coming for us on that? So the reason I think um, our party now gets it is because I think back to use the example you just used that back during the, the, the attack from the IRS on the Tea Party mm-hmm. on conservatives and the targeting by the IRS, the Bo Lola, be on the lookout for Glenn Beck and, and people who use Patriot and conservative, yeah. you know, that whole effort. I think I think many people in this town thought that, well, that's kind of a one off. This was Lois learning a few crazies at the IRS doing stuff. And and, and you know, that, that that was a one off thing. But since then, what have we seen? We've seen what they did to President Trump. We're seeing what they're doing with the January 6th commission. We're seeing what the Justice Department is doing to moms and dads. And suddenly it's not a one off. It's a pattern of weaponizing the government, whether it's the IRS or whether it's the Justice Department, to go after people who, who's ha- who have a different political belief. And that is what is most frightening. So I think the, the, the party gets it that we're going to have to come together to stop that. Because if we don't, if we don't, then, then we are no longer America. Because right. if you can just go get your political enemies and not let them speak and use the law enforcement arm of government to silence any, crit- uh, any criticism or any dissent, then you don't have a First Amendment, you don't have a United States of America. And that, that to me is the, the, the fundamental problem. Because we can recover from all the stupid policies on taxes and spending and, and regulation and all the stupid, but you can't recover if you don't have a First Amendment. 
The Davos crowd be- believes the biggest challenge um, to um, democracies around the world is um, the system of government really that in some ways Mussolini pioneered um, and China is perfecting this this state that is basically all hands in to the corporations. Yeah. Um, and they believe that we have to be something like that, except not so spooky. I know you're against the Great Reset or the Build Back Better bill, but you've got a lot of Republicans yeah. that voted. They're fine with it. Do they yeah. know what they're doing, what they're facing? Are they why are they breaking and voting for things like that? Well, uh, I'm not sure why some of them, I think some of them legitimately thought it was going to help, you know, the, what little bit of infrastructure was in that first part of this bigger package, kind of step one to the Build Back Better plan. I think they thought there was actually some, some legitimate infrastructure that would help in their, in their district. Uh, I disagreed because all, I saw it as simply setting the tone or setting the stage for this crazy Build Back Better Correct. package that they're trying to pass through the United States Senate right now. And, and let's hope Senator Sinema and Manchin do what they said they would do and not, uh, not, not support that. So I, I'm hopeful we can stop it, uh, at least the worst, worst part of it. But um, I do think, as I've said now a couple times, that Republicans under, are beginning to understand you're going to have to stand up to the left and not and fight everything. Gone are the days where you can work with them um, because of we now know where the, the left, which controls the Democrat Party, where they want to take the country. And so you, you got to fight them. You just got to fight them every step of the way. And um, I think people are Again, more members are beginning to to realize that no, not one single Republican voted for the the Build Back Better. Thank goodness for that. Um, even though a handful voted for the the first part that sort of set the stage for it. Um, what is it that you have a you almost have a perfect conservative score, except with the Patriot Act? And FISA, that's what brings you down every time. Otherwise, you're 100 yeah. percent. Why will you not reevaluate or look at what is it about the Patriot Act and the FISA thing? Oh, no, I've I've, I've already reevaluated and, and decided I'm I'm for letting FISA expire. OK, uh, because when we when we supported that. Um, years ago, when I first got here, that was that was before we saw what what the FBI did. That was before we saw what 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 Merrick Garland is now doing. So, yeah, I'm for letting this explode. That was before we got the Horowitz report two years ago that said 25 randomly selected FISAs. There were problems with every single one of them. The Woods file that's supposed to accompany that, which is the sort of the underlying evidence for why you go for the FISA in, in the application itself. They said there were problems with every single one. And four of them, four of those 25 randomly selected FISA applications that the inspector general looked at, they didn't even have a Woods file. They, they didn't have it. So you, you have with the FISA law real concerns with does it even fit with the Constitution, which now after seeing how it's played out, it doesn't. Does it even fit with the Constitution? And so, uh, so I don't think it follows the Constitution. And then the guidelines that the FBI has set up for people who, what you have to go through, the rules you have to follow to get a FISA, they don't follow their own rules either. So, like, well, why are we, it's time for this to go. So, yeah, I think so many Republicans 
have had a change of heart on so much of this because we see how it is being used to go after um, the left's political opponents. Somebody told me, um, a, a very experienced Washington uh, former politician, who said nobody's ever going to turn that around. Nobody will ever really get rid of that because it provides too much information. And you don't want to close that door because the rest of the world has that kind of uh, information, et cetera, et cetera. Do you believe that to be true? I think there are folks in this town who think that. But, uh, I mean, our best argument is, yeah, tell me how it complies with the Constitution and tell me how you're going to prevent what we now know happened. I mean, think about it. Even the Washington Post has admitted, oh, we, we were wrong about reporting on the dossier. We were wrong about reporting on the Trump Russia. When the Washington Post admits they were wrong about something that was going after President Trump, you know how serious and how wrong it was and how bad it is. So that's the context now, and we all fully get that. So if we can't change it now, well, you know, I don't know. I don't know when we are. So, so it's are of, you concerned? Up for, are, are you when does it come up? For comes up for reauthorization in the spring of 23. So I'm mm. hopeful that's when we're back in control and we're going to have some real say on how that gets reauthorized. What I would prefer is it not get reauthorized at all. At Just all. let it go. Yeah, it's I done. agree. Done. Um, are you concerned at all about the Capitol Police? No FOIA. I can't FOIA them. I can't ask for any details on anything. It's a house-run police department that seems to be now becoming an intelligence arm that is opening up an office in California and Florida. Yeah. If yeah, you've got a concern about something, that's the FBI's job. What is this? Yeah. I think that all changes when we're back in control. I think a lot changes. We got metal detectors that members have to walk through to go do their constitutional duty on behalf of the citizens in their congressional district because Pelosi did that. Uh, Pelosi won't give the information over about what she, all the information she had that she knew, that's the one area that wasn't really investigated by the Senate report. And we know the January 6th committee is not gonna look into that. So I think all that changes when we're back in control and we have, a, uh, we have Speaker McCarthy as Speaker of the House of Representatives. I don't think you have that kind of stuff going on, which is exactly where it needs. I hope, I hope on January 3rd, 2023, Lord willing, we're, we're, uh, we win the majority. Uh, the moment the gavel gets handed to, to uh, Speaker McCarthy, I hope we hear the, the workers outside the chamber taking down the metal detectors. I mean, I hope it happens that fast. And I hope at, on January 3rd, certain people get fired right away who are part of the, 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 the Pelosi regime. Um, so I hope all that happens right away. And frankly, if Democrats are going to continue to cross this bridge and go after their political enemies, I don't think you should do that. But if, if it's good for one side, frankly, it's good for the other. If they're going to hold Mark Meadows in contempt for exercising executive privilege, a, a 200 plus year precedent we've had in this country, then frankly, same should go. Uh, same should apply when when our side's in charge. I like the fighting attitude. I don't like becoming all the things that we despise, but I, I, I like understand. the I spirit either. of that. Um, one of the big problems um, is that, you know, I, I heard you talking to an aide before we started and they said, uh, you know, you have such and such time. You said, I want to I want to be able to get down onto the floor uh, to say a few words. I was watching Chip Roy the other day, who I just adore, and he was speaking out 
And there wasn't anybody in the chamber. There was nobody in the chamber. You guys aren't, I mean, and I don't mean it to be you, but this was with Boehner. This, you've got a few people that are making all the decisions. Yeah. Nobody's, th- I don't know the last time, well, I do. I think the last time I saw people in those seats was when the television cameras were on for the last, um, uh, the last uh, State of the Union address. This yeah. isn't really, there's no real debate going on anymore. It's decided by a bunch of insiders at the very top. Is that going to change? Well, yeah, and, and there is real debate in committees. I, I, you know, if you come to the Judiciary Committee, we're, we got a, <clears throat> seems like there's a fight going on in there every time we have a hearing, every time there's a subcommittee hearing. So there is real debate that happens there. There are sometimes on the floor there. There is, as you point out, there's just no one in there. There's a few people d- debating some bill. Maybe it's a suspension bill. That's not as not, not maybe not quite as important as some other legislation. But um, there are times, too, when it's when there, there, there are members in there. And I, I, I kind of frankly enjoy that because my background is a sport of wrestling. I kind of like when mm-hmm. it's when it's a little more combative. Right. Uh, well, and, I like it when it's whether open. it's Jamie. I like yeah, it when, when it's open we, and transparent and we can see <laughs> the deals that are being made. Yeah, no, that's what you that's what people Americans deserve that they deserve a transparent. Government. But there are some members, some Democrat members who haven't been here since Pelosi put in the proxy voting. There's one member who's been here one time in the last 20 months. Now, tell me how that is real representation for the folks in his or her district. This individual came on the one day he had to come, which is January 3rd when Pelosi was being sworn in as speaker, and that's it. So this is, again, these things will change when Republicans are in control because you can't have proxy voting, for goodness sake. You got to, in order to debate, you got to actually be in Washington, D.C. Right. So um, this proxy voting, I think, is unconstitutional. Uh, We have sued. Uh, uh, The leader has, has brought a lawsuit. We'll see how that plays out in the courts. So, Jim, you and I have known each other for a long time. You know that I've been talking about Woodrow Wilson in the progressive era for a very long time. Yep. This is just the uh, the culmination um, of everything that they set out to do. And one of the things they set out to do, and I don't think the founders ever dreamt that this could happen. They wanted Congress um, to just give up their role and give it all to the administration. So we see bill after bill after bill that says secretary shall determine. No, that's yeah. your job. When sure is, is Congress going to be excited about doing their job? Because I think I think it's it's weasel town. Nobody wants to be responsible for anything, which makes it impossible for the people to actually get representation because who's responsible for that law? Who's responsible yeah. for that, that, that person coming to my house and saying, I have to do this? It's not our yeah. congressman. Yeah. yeah, no, I know, because uh, members of Congress can say, oh, the agency's in control. They determine, they write the rule that applies to the law that was Correct. passed, and they make the determination. And it's, and it's passing the buck. Uh, you're exactly right. The founders, in their wisdom, had set up three separate and equal branches of government. And the first one that they talk about in the Constitution is the legislative branch. Correct. So we are maybe first first among equals, but it's certainly not the, not the case today. I would argue that the people who have the power are the bureaucracy, uh, bu- bureaucrats in the, in the administration, as you point out. Uh, did, did General Milley ever put his name on a ballot? 
But yet, supposedly, he called up his Chinese counterpart and said, I'll give you a heads up if we're coming. Yeah. That's not your call, General. That belongs to the commander in chief whose name is on the ballot and gets elected president. Did Dr. Fauci ever put his name on a ballot and run for office? No. But it's funny you bring this up, Glenn, because we had a hearing last week on the Administrative Procedures Act, and Democrats want to go the wrong direction. They want to give more power to the bureaucrats in the agencies. And so I was questioning the witness, and I said, who does Dr. Fauci answer to? Mm, and so the witness says, well, in the end, in the end, the answers to uh, the, the President of the United States, I said, well, not really. Because remember, just last Sunday, two Sundays ago, Dr. Fauci said, basically, I represent science. I mm-hmm. am science. And Joe Biden has said, I will follow the science. So. Dr. Fauci doesn't answer to Joe Biden. It's the other way around. Joe Biden's answering to Dr. Fauci. That is not how it is supposed to work. So we have to reclaim that authority. And the only way to do it, the only way to do it, and this is why the founders gave this power to the legislative branch, the only way to do it is take their money away. It all comes down to the money. These agencies don't have the money. It's tough to do what they're trying to do. That's why this bill is so bad that gives them 80,000 new IRS agents. You think they targeted people 10 years ago. Oh my goodness, wait till they get that. So, yeah, that, that is how we have to do it. you, you got to go after the money. But when you try to go after the money, I mean, I see this continuing resolution pass again, and I'm like, why? Why yeah. doesn't somebody have this again is your book? Where's the frickin backbone? This is becoming yeah. an abusive government. You can't tell me that the ones that have the wallet or the purse strings can't say no. You answer to us for the money. And I'm not funding it because 80 percent of it is out of control. Yeah. Here's here's the problem, too, is if, if you stand up and fight for the things that the voters sent you here to do, if you actually get to this town and do what you said you would do, you are going to get attacked. It is so much easier to just keep your head down. Oh, I know. Kind of try to make a few little differences around the edges. It is so much easier because you won't get attacked. The press won't lie about you. But I tell my colleagues all the time, I said, look, here's the nature of this business today. With the left as crazy as they are and them fundamentally trying to change our country and marching us on this accelerated direction in this accelerated way to communism, you have to fight them. But if you do, just understand, they're going to lie about you. The mainstream press is going to lie about you. Democrats are going to lie about you. Big, big, big tech's going to help foster the lie. And when you try to give the truth, they're going to they're going to throttle that back on your social media. That's what you're in for. But just understand, if they're not saying bad things about you, you ain't doing, doing anything any good. Exactly that's just right. how that's the, the name of the. And, and it's worth it because what they're tr- attempting to do is so dangerous. I, I, I said this in a speech the other day. What they're doing to the First Amendment You think about it, Glenn, you have five liberties on the First Amendment, your right to practice your faith, your right to assemble, your right to petition the government, freedom of press, freedom of speech. Everyone's been attacked. Yep. Everyone. There are places in the country today, a full congregation still cannot meet on a Sunday morning in America that we came here because we wanted religious freedom and full congregation. That that is so wrong. You want to you want to assemble. I spoke to the New Mexico Republican Party in Amarillo, Texas. 
because they had to go to Texas to get freedom because their crazy governor wouldn't let them get together in more than 150 people at a time. And they wanted to get 450 people together. So they had to go to Texas to exercise their right to assemble, to exercise their First Amendment. And you can just go down the list. And the scariest one of all, and we talked about this earlier, is what they're doing to speech. Because the truth is, if you can't speak, you it's the most important right you have. Because if you can't speak, how do you practice your faith? Yeah. How do you share your faith? How do you assemble? How do you petition your government? And that's what the left is coming after. And so they're trying to do it to you. You've had to change your format and how you communicate with people. They're trying to do it to everyone. That is why we have to just say, I don't care what they say about me. I don't care about all the lies they tell about me. I'm fighting for the First Amendment. That, that, that should be a rallying cry for people to have the courage to step forward. And I think Americans are ready to do it. Oh, I think they are. I think they are, too. Um, you know, I, I brought this up maybe two years ago, got hammered for it. Um, luckily, I wasn't the one who came up with the term. It was one of the biggest experts on the Holocaust um, that is alive today, um, uh, Edwin Black. And I was I had just talked to Edwin and I said on the air, this is a digital ghetto. You can talk. You know, the Jews could talk in the ghetto, but there was a wall there. Nobody could hear them. This is a digital ghetto. I put out. I mean, stuff that everything was foiled. I've got it uh, traced back six ways to Sunday. I have every single document. I put out a special about what really happened with COVID and where members of Congress and the Senate need to start looking. Yeah. Jim, Facebook pulled it halfway through. And there's nothing that I said in there right. that is is crazy or about medicine. It's questioning the government. Um, yep. And now... YouTube left it, but you can't find it. It's still there, but you can't yeah. find it. It's a digital ghetto. Yep. That's the throttle is back on everything. Right. They, they, it, it's, it's all throttled back if you're conservative, if you're, if you're, if you're putting the, the, the truth out there. And what's, what the irony of it all is, anyone who questioned anything about COVID over the last year, suddenly so many of the questions we raised, best examples, yep. the lab leak, the best example. And like it turned out, that was actually the most plausible explanation. Right. I think it's I think it definitely came from the lab. I do, too. And, and here's the interesting thing on that specific issue. Dr. Fauci knew on January 31st, 2020, he gets an email from Dr. Christian Anderson right at the start, right from the get go. Gets an email from Christian Anderson, one of these doctors, these virologists who Dr. Fauci been handing out our tax money to. Email from Christian Anderson says to Dr. Fauci, virus looks engineered, virus not consistent with evolutionary theory. Now, that is a fancy way of saying this thing came from a lab. Dr. Fauci knew that on January 31st, 2020, and he goes into overdrive to cover his backside and what he had done to EcoHealth and what EcoHealth had given to the Wuhan Institute of Virology and all this. So, yeah, but they, they, this is the world, the big tech world, where they throttle us back and, and hide the facts from the American people. And the best example, maybe even better than that, is what they did in, in the uh, fall of 2020 with the Hunter Biden story. We had an eyewitness, an mm -hmm. eyewitness, Tony Bobolinsky, mm -hmm. incredible eyewitness, mm -hmm. Naval Academy graduate, successful business guy, Tony Bobolinsky, eyewitness. We had documents, actual emails, talked about the big guy, Hunter Biden, everything else. We had a laptop. We had other physical evidence. And we had the fact the FBI was investigating. And what did, what did, what did Facebook and everyone tell us and the, and, the, and the big tech people tell us? Misinformation. Can't, can't do the story. Not going to let the American people see the facts. And now, of course, everything 
proven to be true. Right. Well, their golden their golden excuse was it. We didn't want a surprise that could upset the election if we didn't know it was true. Well, what's your excuse now? Because yep. it's all verifiable. Yep. It's there. What is your excuse today for not going after? Because I don't buy your excuse. You didn't want to affect the election. You want these policies in. You want these people in for some other reason. It's not that you didn't. Oh, you know, we just want to make sure that this was a fair election. That's bull crap. Um, yep. Well, and they also want to continue to stymie you and limit your speech. I mean, that's that's the other thing they they, they want to. And the left has now embraced this. They like the fact that big tech limits what Glenn Beck can say, limits what Jim Jordan. Can say. They like that. And that is such a difference from the left of tenure. I, I maybe I've shared this example with you before. Dennis Kucinich is a friend of mine. Yep. Dennis Kucinich is an old school liberal who believed in the First Amendment. You make your argument, Jim, I'll make my, I text with Dennis last week. Good guy, he's got a book out, we got our book out, we're talking about it, good guy. He believed in making your argument, believed in the First Amendment, get your best hold, let's see who wins the debate, move on to the next, that's America. Mm -hmm. Today's left, no, they don't do it. And that's why they've embraced the cancel culture, the cancel culture mindset. Barry Weiss called it the digital Thunderdome. Because if you disagree with them, the left will use, they'll use the, the big tech to come after you. Oh, yeah. And then they'll limit your ability to respond by throttling you back. Yeah. That's the digital Thunderdome Barry Weiss talked about when she resigned. And she's on the left when she resigned from the New York Times editorial board. I think there's a lot of I've I've talked to a lot of people that used to think they hated me and hated conservatives that we find ourselves standing in exactly the same place right yep. now. Um, we might disagree on policies, but principles we all believe in. And and I think that that is, you know, I start every conversation with somebody who thinks they disagree with me on everything. I start with this. Can we just go through the Bill of Rights? Do you agree yeah, with the God Bill bless. of Rights? And yeah. and they always say yes. And when you talk about policies, then you can always go. But wait, Bill of Rights says this. It's a violation of that. All of our problems are coming because we don't talk about the Bill of Rights anymore. And if well said. if so you're well on the said. left, I can't compromise it. The days of coming together are over because yep. you don't agree with the founding documents anymore. I'm not the yep. radical revolutionary. You are. Yeah. 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 I mean, so I, mean, I couldn't say it any better. That, that, and and that, but but here's an, another example. They'll they'll accuse us all the time of you guys are always fighting the culture war. And we're like, we didn't. Want, we're not the ones who said guys should be able to play in girls' sports. You guys did. We're not fighting the culture war. We just want it to be like it's supposed to be. So they always they, they always accuse us of fighting the culture war. And like. We actually think human life is sacred and say, and we should the sanctity of life is critical. We should protect it. You're the guy. They're the ones who always do it. And they accuse us of somehow starting a cultural fight. Like, I know. No, you guys do it. We we want it to be like it's supposed to be like it clearly should be. We just want the truth. Um, again, it's so tough to compromise with them today. You just got to stop them. Can I can I ask you about um the digital world, the metaverse, the uh, AGI, ASI is so far beyond most people in Washington because they just are not. That's not what they do. It is way yeah. down the road and has everything to do with digital currencies and mm-hmm. um, the United States government getting their hands on a digital currency 
and I don't I'm not saying it is. I'm saying that's what the Bible describes really as the mark of the beast. They will know everything. They can track you on everything. You can't buy or sell uh, if they don't want you. It is the second half of modern monetary theory. Print all the money you want. As long as we can say you can't buy that product right now or we have high gas prices. So only the people who are going to work today that are essential can have their their Bitcoin or Fed dollar work at the gas station. That's total control, total control. Will you stand up um, and 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 block or will the Republicans stand up and block the federal government banning everything else and just going to a Fed Bitcoin? Well, we saw this, uh, we saw the prelude to this with this, um, any transaction in your bank yes. account of $600 or more, Correct. they wanted to have eyes on that and reporting on that. And I was very encouraged because I talked to some of our uh, folks in the banking industry back in the fourth district of Ohio. And they were so alarmed at this, not from the perspective you might first think, not from this is going to be a hassle for us to do. It's going to cost us money. It's going to be an accounting problem. On a, no, they, they came at it straight from fundamental liberty. And I was so encouraged because that still is, is deep in the heart, I think, of most Americans. They get the liberty concern that, that you just pointed out and that that policy would violate. And that policy is straight from communist China. Where they you get your social score. Oh, yeah. They watch everything you do, everything you do economically, everything you're saying, everything you're posting. That is frightening, and we're starting, as you point out, starting to see where with a with an FBI and a DOJ that is willing to target parents for speaking out. What's the next step? And then a bill that gets introduced that has this component on banking, and any transaction over six hundred dollars has got to be reported, and the government gets to see it, like. And of course, it's always for a good reason. It's because we don't want people cheating on their taxes. Give me a break. This is about liberty. Americans, I said this the other day to someone, it's, it, Americans want safe cities, affordable gas and freedom. And what the Democrats given us is record crime, record inflation and Dr. Fauci. So Americans still get freedom. And um, again, I'm encouraged by the fact that we push back on that crazy thing, even with Democrats in control of all government on, on the banking issue. We just got to keep fighting it. Of course, we got to fight a move in that direction. How versed are you in the Great Reset? Not, not, fill okay. me in. I, I, I'm so not I, 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 no. I just wrote a book on it. I, I'll, I'll send it to you. Um, but um, I think it's farther down the road than that most than most people know. The, right now, City, I think it was Citigroup came out this week with what are called ESG scores, environmental, social justice, oh, yeah. and governance, okay? And yeah. they've been saying these are only for the corporations. Um, yeah, well, wh what do you mean? They're for the corporations. Well, if you're a brown company, we can't, we can't loan you any money because that we're trying to get our score high. Um, Europe is already doing this. You can't even do business with companies that have lower scores than you. Um, they just came out oh, so uh, this week and talked about you're not going to get a loan. And if you are a brown company or you are a person that you're not looking at the environment or social justice in the same way, we can't give you a loan. Yeah. This yeah, is this is this, this is bad. 
No, it's very bad, and it's and it's um, it's it's a it's a it's a it's re- related to what what many uh, folks try to do to Israel and say we're not going to invest yes. in the great state of Israel because of you know the, the whole Palestinian argument, which was just completely. Um, divestment issue in there, which was so wrong. So it's it's the same kind of, and it, this stuff is bad. Corporations, I thought they were focused on return on investment and, you know, answering to their stockholders uh, versus this, this woke agenda that they have. So yeah, this is really bad stuff. It's why the Financial Services Committee and who, who runs that, um, Republicans in charge of that versus Maxine Waters is a is the is is one of the things we need to happen to stop that kind of um, that kind of move from 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 getting a full grip and a full hold. What should what should Republicans? I mean, do what you said you would do. I'm not sure where I would even start um, if I were making a list. Um, because we are we are on fire almost everywhere, and it's critical that we begin putting yeah. it out. I, I'd love to see a contract for America. I'd love to see mm-hmm. a list of things that I can say, that's what you're going to do? Yes, then I'll vote for you. But I'll remember if you don't do this, and I'll work, I'll campaign exactly. against you the next time. What, no, exactly. what should that list be? Where should we start? What what will make an impact big enough that the Democrat that the Republicans should be held to? Yeah, let me let me do three three quick. One is what we've been talking a lot about is is full throated defense of the First Amendment, the Constitution, Bill of Rights, and and and. So what what does that mean? What do you put into motion or repeal? Yeah, well, I think you, you, first of all, do everything you can do to hold DOJ accountable where they've been violating those, those fundamental principles. Um, second, you pass legislation that you can, but knowing that President Biden's not going to sign it. Sure. So you, you take away the liability protection big tech has. As a, as a, you just pass that bill. You pass a bill that, that says any antitrust action, we're going to get it to the Supreme Court in a much in an expedited manner so we can get a ruling on these big tech companies and the antitrust. Seems to me Justice Thomas has given all kinds of indications he wants to he wants a case on that. So you, you, you try to set up a system where you, you get those cases Remember, the Trump administration sued big tech on antitrust, mm-hmm. two, two suits. Um, so you want to get that to the, to the Supreme Court in the, in the, in the big tech area. Um, on, the, on the border, you, you have to pass something that says we will not fund catch and release. Because we should build the wall, we should do everything. But if people come across the wall and the border agents are there, and then we're just releasing them into the country, okay, the wall slowed them down, but the catch and release is what's... That, that's right. why people are coming because they know they're going to get released to the country. You mm-hmm. have to stop catch and release. And the way to do it is say, we are not going to you, you just make that illegal. You cannot do catch and release and then get more agents there so you can actually secure the border, build the wall, do what you have to do. School choice. I, I am so adamant on this. The federal government to voters out there, I say, do not support any candidate who is not for letting moms and dads select where their son or daughter will get the best education. I don't care if it's a Republican candidate, if they're not for school choice, don't help them. Go find a Republican who's for school choice. We have to, if we're gonna get rid of this crazy thinking out there and this hate America curriculum, then you're going to have to create competition because what'll happen in our public schools is they'll just call it something else and teach it again. 
We So at all levels of government, we have to elect people who are solely on the side of moms and dads selecting where their kid gets an education. We have to full-throated support for endorsement of uh, school choice. At the federal level, what we can say is we're not going to send any money. Federal government doesn't do much money on funding of education. But the money we do have is not going to go to schools that to school districts that don't offer school mm-hmm. choice to the to the kids in that. We have to have that long term to uh, to fix things. So I think those are three right at the stop. And then maybe just more more basic here. If we win, we have to do oversight. The Ways and Means Committee has to figure out how was it that thousands of Americans' tax returns became public? How'd that happen? We 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 need to know. The the Judiciary Committee. Mayor Garland, what did you really do? What what communications really took place between the Attorney General of the United States and the School Boards Association prior to the launch of this letter? Because remember, that letter sent on the 29th of September, mm-hmm. and five days later, later, we got a memo enacting everything that letter wants it to do. And in between that, you got the Director of Counterterrorism at the FBI, Tim Langan, having conversations with the DOJ. And the person who wrote the letter, Viola Garcia, at the School Boards Association, gets a plum assignment on October 1st. Two days later, mm-hmm. a plum position with the Department of Education Board. Mm-hmm. I mean, when have you ever seen government move that fast in five days? I've never seen federal government move that fast. No. So what all happened before? We have to get answers to that question, the Fauci question. How about the Penn Center, or, or excuse me, the Biden Center up at the University of Pennsylvania and the China money that came into the Biden Correct. Center? Where's that investigation, for goodness sake? So the, the Education and Labor Committee with Republicans in charge should be doing subpoenas and asking questions and finding out, because I think that is just like the Clinton Foundation was. I think there's a bunch of money that went there, but oh. we, we don't know until we do an investigation. So the oversight function, which is our constitutional duty, has to be front and center in 23 and 24 as we move into a presidential election that I think will decide, are we going to have, are we going to save America or not? That's how you frame it up. That's how, I think that's our fundamental mission. Is there a chance of being even bolder on things like, like why do we have the Department of Education? Yeah. Why do we have Great the Department question. of Education? Uh, like four or five thousand people over there making making twice as much money as a teacher in a classroom. Actually, you, you know, it's always funny in education. The further you get away from the kid, the more money you make. And you get all the way to Washington, the Department of Education, you're getting paid one hundred twenty thousand to make life miserable for the good school districts that are actually right. trying to teach people. Right. It's crazy. And I, I, I mean, I, I, I've always said I, I really want the president who will say. For all of those who own property in Washington and Virginia and Maryland around the D.C. area, you're going to hate me because your property is going to lose a ton of value when I get in (laughs) because I'm just shutting this stuff down because it give it back to the American people and give that power back to the states. But uh, I don't know if I'll ever see that guy, which. Well, it brings me to back to Donald Trump. I think I think Trump, at least his staff knew at the end, we needed to fill those posts. We needed to pay more attention to what is called the deep state, which is just the bureaucracy yep. and the people who don't care yep. about who's president. They're going to do it their way and I'll outlive you. Um, uh Two questions. If Donald Trump is elected, he'll only have four years. That wasn't enough to do it last time. Is is there a way, is there going to be a team that will be able to flush this deep state 
and make the changes deep enough if we only have four years? Yeah, I think they will, because uh, you're right. Uh, they came in in 17, not realizing how deep the state was um, and what they were up against and how everyone in the bureaucracy was out to stop him. Uh, I always point out, though, in spite of that, in spite of oh, every Democrat being against him, everyone in the mainstream press against him, half the Republicans against him and, uh, and all the bureaucracy against him, he got more done than any president in our lifetime. So uh, so this is the guy we need for the job. But, yeah, he'll hit the ground running in 2025 and he'll understand we can't we can't make the same mistake last time kind of trying to figure things out. It's full steam ahead. Fire everyone you can and a few more. Uh, put your team in place, and it better be people who are willing to bust chops and get stuff done. That, that's the only way we can we can do it. And you get and you're going to have to have a Congress, Republican-controlled House and Senate, who are fully behind him. Yeah, because you uh, didn't have that last that time. You didn't no, have that. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. You guys could. I mean, it's, it's amazing to me. You had the biggest distraction of all time. You could have you could have abolished Roe versus Wade and nobody would have been talking about it because they would have talked about his tweets. You had this yeah. golden opportunity and the Republicans just wasted it, just wasted it. Yeah. Yeah. We um, yeah, we're, we, we're going to have to be ready to go from from day one. And in when President Trump gets reelected, I think he's going to run. Um, I, I've been for him. Oh, I think he is, too. Of, I mean, I mean, since 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 he's left office on January 20th, uh, uh, 2021, I've been ready for him to, to run again. And I hope he does, because he's proven he can take the heat, stand up to the pressure and forge ahead and do what he like I said, do what he told the American people he was going to do. Yeah. I write a lot about him in the book and the interactions I had the privilege of having with him. Um, give, give me an, give story. me give me give me an example uh, from the book on on that, because, you know, Ron DeSantis seems like he's cut from the same cloth. But yeah, uh, it's a different uh, you're you're playing for a stadium when you're the president of the United States, not a local theater. And I know the state of Florida is a big deal and he's taken a lot of heat. But Donald Trump seems to have this thing where he doesn't give a flying crap about anything. And yep. it yep. makes him it's a superpower. It's a superpower. Yep. I, I don't I don't write about this one in the book, but this is one I don't even think I've shared before. Uh, I'm in the Oval Office with him and a couple of my colleagues. And it's a day after the first CARES Act uh, passes where, you know, we're early in this thing. And there's money in there for Harvard. And he didn't know about some of the details in the bill because it's a monstrous bill. And we come in and one of my colleagues points out to him, Mr. President, there's money in this bill for Harvard. He's like, what? Money for Harvard? They got a bazillion dollar endowment, da, 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 da. He literally gets on the phone with cabinet secretaries, starts making an issue, tweets out things. The next day, the next day, Harvard gave back the money. Now, that's, a, that's a business that. guy who understands. It's a business guy who can like we're going to we're going to get results. And th- that is exactly the kind of attitudes needed. There was a time um, I've shared this story before. I don't, I don't I, but I didn't put this one in the book either. But it was um, it was in the middle of the Trump Russia stuff. I'm in the Capitol. The president calls me and I'm um, I just so I step in this room and I'm kind of pacing around this table. and We're talking about McCabe and Strzok and all this all the crazy stuff that's going on. And at some point in the conversation, I said, you know, Mr. President, I know what I get. 
I know how the press lies about me and the fake news and all the BS and mm -hmm. MSNBC and the New York Times. I said, I know what I get. And it's not fun. I don't like it, but just it is what it is. I said, but you get it a thousand times worse. You get it every day, every stinking day, all hours of the day. Mm -hmm. And there was a little pause. And, you know, you talk to the president. A lot of times there's not much pause because it's, you know, always mm -hmm. it's always intense. when talking. There was a little pause and he goes, well, Jim, what are you going to do? Go over in the corner, get in a fetal position, start sucking your thumb. He goes, we got to fight back. And I'm like, I agree, Mr. President. Let's keep fighting. That is the attitude. That is an American attitude. That is a winning attitude. President Trump, he despises losing. He wants to win. And, and that is so American. And he is willing to take all the, the abuse and the lies to do what he told the American people he was going to do. Because deep down, he loves this country so much. And I have seen it. You've seen it. You've been around him. He is an amazing individual who has this energy and charisma about him. You can't help but like him when you're around him. Yeah. And that's the that's the kind of individual I think we need as again as president. So of the what States. do you say to the people? Because I've heard I've heard several people who support the president like what he did, but they just are like, it's going to be a replay because how is he going to grow his base? Those people still hate him, even if it even if it's Joe Biden you know, or Kamala Harris, they still don't like him. How is he going to expand the base? Um, they're going to do, first of all, the main point is they're going to do that to whoever our nominee is. Right. If Glenn Beck's our nominee for president, they're going to they're going to lie about you. Yeah. They're going to make you the most hated guy in the country. If Ron DeSantis, who's doing an outstanding job as governor, one of the original nine members of the Freedom Caucus, when we formed that group, um, if Ron DeSantis was our candidate, they've already started on DeSantis. I know. You know they've made DeSantis. They said Ron DeSantis is killing people when, in fact, it's just the opposite. You go down there, you can get the monoclonal antibodies treatment. I talked to people who walk in and got it and it made a difference in like 24 hours. Ron DeSantis has done great work. So it doesn't matter who our nominee is, they're going to do it to that individual. What I know about President Trump is he can take it. And he did, but he did more what he said he would do than any president, maybe in history, maybe in certainly in my lifetime. And he did it with everyone against him. And, and he didn't have the full force uh, the full weight of the Republican uh, House and Senate supporting him all the time, and he's still got this stuff. The, so many great things done. So I, I am. How look, does he I, get? I hear that argument. All right. Okay. So you got it there. I I agree with you on that. How does he get the Republicans who are mealy mouth, worthless kind of rhino anyway that don't see yeah. the big vision here of we're about to lose the country? What does he have to do to get the lockstep? support. He doesn't just need their yeah. silence or their compliance. He needs their support. Everybody needs to be running in the same direction for four yeah. years. How yeah. does he do that? It, well, I, I think I think I think it'll be there because it's a different context. I know you you wrote a lot about this, the whole when the whole framework of the whole window moves, yeah. then suddenly people have to reevaluate it. Well, the window has moved because now we have Joe Biden, who is the worst president in our lifetime, maybe the worst in history. Everything he's done has been a debacle. So in that context with the guy who can fight it. So think about it. He won in 2016 coming off Obama when Obama wasn't even close to his, anything close to as bad as where, where Biden is. So I think the framework, the window has moved and people are going to say, 
we need this guy again. Look at the border. We, we elected him in 16 because the border was a mess. Now it's 10 times worse. We definitely need him to come in and fix. So I think that, along with his proven ability to take him on, I, I, just, I just know deep in my gut, and I think you do as well, Glenn, we have to have him, that kind of guy, in the White House at this critical moment in American history. Um, the name of the book is Do What You Said You Would Do. And Jim, I want to thank you for actually living that title. Thank you. Yeah, well, you do too. Thank you. God bless. Have a great Christmas. You too. Bye-bye. Just a reminder, I'd love you to rate and subscribe to the podcast and pass this on to a friend so it can be discovered by other people. 